Welcome to Good Life. <laughs> Boy, I, I feel that. like I, I know, right? I feel like I say that a lot these days. You're very good at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, hello, everyone. I am Jeremy. And I'm DJ. And we are two of the three owners of the Good Life store in Albany, Georgia. And we wanted to create something where we could actually talk to our customers about what we do because there's a problem with our business. We're tired of censorship. Yeah. Apparently, even though hemp is legal. It's still taboo. And people don't understand it. Yeah. So let's clarify some things and let's take the time in this podcast to be able to explain it in depth so that everyone completely understands straight from our mouth. So I am Jeremy and I'm the original owner of Good Life spanning back all the way to 2012. Uh, DJ here has recently come on as owner as of what has it been two, two years? Last year. Yeah. <clears throat> So we'll get into uh, the history of how that really happened later on in the episode. But for now, just know that DJ is the other half of me. I am Jeremy in female form, pretty much. This woman has learned how I think, uh, what my expectations are, down to even she can just look at me and know yeah, today's not the day. <laughs> yeah, everybody's quiet on those days. <laughs> but it's it's interesting where you came from in, in terms of good life because, I mean, you, you started off with the company. I, we were just friends in a bar. Yeah. Yeah, I just uh, randomly texted you one day and said, hey, I picked up one of these little thingamabobs at the curb store, and I haven't had a cigarette in three days. Can I have a job? And less than a week later, you had me in the back learning how to mix juice and, you know, pour bottles and whatnot. And That's not to say that it didn't come with some reservations. Because <laughs> for those of you that don't know... Uh, DJ is a bit of a bulldog. You um, do not mess with DJ. I, I can be a little abrasive, but it keeps me from getting walked all over. I, I wholeheartedly <laughs> agree. Uh, that's one of the, the best qualities I feel that you and I both share. Yes, very much so. We, we stand up for ourselves and for who we love. And others, yeah. So DJ actually worked in a bar. Uh, you were uh, part-time uh, poker. Mm-hmm. You ran poker games in yeah, town. Yeah, I was running Texas Hold'em games <coughs> all around town. Now, I'd actually known you since 1999. You just had no clue who I was. I met you at Loserfest 99 over yeah. at Thronatiska. But, uh, yeah, you started coming in playing poker, and we just kind of all clicked, and we realized that out of the, you know, 50 to 60 people a night that were playing, that there were only a few of us that actually knew how to play. So we started, you know, ganging up on everybody, and that's when we really got close. And, yeah. uh you know, we started hanging out more and more away from the poker games and whatnot. That's that's truly when we became friends. Well, you know, where my pause came from in hiring you is that I saw how you handled people at, at the games, you know, people, the, drunk people, mostly, you know. Well, you, look at me. I'm it, all of it, five foot two. I've got to be able to handle my own in that environment, especially with drunk, rowdy men. Yeah. 
Oh, it's interesting in hindsight. I look back at, at that time and I go like, what did I pause for? You know, like it, <laughs> that is what I needed. <laughs> yeah, exactly what I needed. Uh, but I wasn't there as a, as a person yet. Um, 10 years ago, I was a completely different person. Uh, 400 pounds uh, yeah. for, for uh, the biggest change, I guess, would, uh, would be that. But uh, yeah, I was a bit of a. Uh, You didn't have, you didn't exude the confidence that you do now for you to understand where my confidence lied. Yeah. It's weird. You know, growing up, I never really thought about how to do basic things like, like interact with people and, you know, like get to know someone. It's weird. Like later, later here, later in my life, I'm starting to realize that, you know, I might know people, but I don't really know this person. Right. You know? And I and I think you're one of the very few people in this world that I, I truly I know you. You know what I oh, mean? Oh yeah, like, you do. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's weird. Uh, as an example of of this type thing, the other day we we had had a get together for a coworker at our, at my house, and long story short, we sent the exact same text message at the exact same time, literally seconds apart, and we had not talked the entire day. Yeah, that was so, that yeah. was a room full of giggles when they all got the same text at the same so, time. Yeah. So in other words, we like each other a bit. <laughs> but as far as uh, my history goes with the company, uh, I started this out as base. It, it was actually an accident. Um, I, I the story goes that I invested one hundred and fifty dollars into this, and it became this big thing. And and while you can shortchange it into that. What it really was is that I spent the last bit of money I had on this uh, making my own juice because I simply could not afford to go and pay for other people's juice. And I figured out that it didn't cost that much to make it on your own. And I just so happened for some strange, weird reason in the universe, just happened to be good at it. And it took off. But that's that's the way you've always been. You did the same thing with... You know, your cigarettes, you're rolling your own cigarettes. Mm-hmm. You've got a very, um, I guess, mechanical brain. You want to know how it works, why it works. You want to tear it down and build it back up so that you can see if you can do it better. And you did. I also am a true believer in that I think we don't give, our, uh, give ourselves as people, as, as smart creatures. I don't think we gives our, give ourselves enough credit to when it comes to what we're capable of. Right. We're so dependent on this capitalistic system that requires you to go buy things that it's almost like we forget that you can make things Mm -hmm. or you can grow things or, you know, and and that's kind of, I I never, I wouldn't say that back then I was that thoughtful. I I wasn't. It, it, It was a lot of mistakes. It was a lot of dumb luck. It was a lot of relationship building on how the the company blossomed. Right. But in terms of looking back on it now and trying to put a overall thing, I I would say that creation is a big, huge part of my life. If I'm not creating in some way, I'm a damaged person. I, I am no good to anyone. I'm probably one of the most miserable people on the planet if you took creation out of my life. Yeah, and I can pick up on those times when you've been too far removed from it 
and you need to, whether it be go home and bang it out on your drums or create something there, or you need a new project here to create a new um, product, like you, you're ever evolving when it comes to, okay, I got to do this better. All right, I've done this decent. I got to do this better. You are, you've always been that way. The, the, uh, the last 12 years I've been in this company, you've been that way. It's made me fall in love over and over and mm-hmm. over and over again. And, and if you've, you know, you know that feeling like that, that take your breath away, like, the, oh my gosh. Yeah, you, you did know? something good and, and then you learn more <coughs> things about it and then you go basically reinvent the wheel and, and you're even happier with it because it's an even better version of what you first came up with. Mm-hmm. You're just ever improving everything in here. This, I know it's, it's our business and I know that we created it, but I genuinely, and, and, and it's weird to say that, you know, oh, well, you created this. Of course, it's what you want, but it hasn't been what I wanted. It's what majority of it's the time what everyone the needs. There's nothing in this building that you created, but with the exception of the first few vape juices, everything else that you've created has been to help everyone, yeah. whether it's Joe Blow off the street or your mom or one of us. Everything is all about helping others. You've got a very, very giving spirit. You want to see everybody around you happy, healthy, and succeeding. More so than myself. Yeah. At the expense of yourself yeah, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, try, um, I try to reel you in sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I have this weird thing going on with my throat. Not a good episode to have a weird thing going on with your throat. <laughs> oh, wait, I got water. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, that's kind of the history of DJ and I... Uh, with a little bit of extra thrown in there. <laughs> so uh, with all of that said, moving into the next subject of what changed, uh, because for those of you that don't know, or for those of you that are just meeting us for the first time, we've been a vape company since 2012. Uh, that is all that we did up until about three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um we did nothing but vapor. Uh, and, and actually we, we ran stores, but all I was really involved with the entire time, uh, was making juice. So I never really was educated on the mod side of the industry or the marketing side of the industry. My head was squarely focused in juice for what seven of the 10 years we've been yeah, at we, it. we solely relied on the managers and the, the retail employees mm-hmm. to learn the mods, learn the ins and outs. Cause I couldn't have told you all that either. I was over there at the lab with you. I had no clue. Yeah. And, and fast forward to now the way that the company is and you know, there is a huge long story, which hence the podcast, <laughs> uh, there's a very, very long story on how we have ended up in this same room together right now in this moment. And, uh, but to sum it up, about three years ago, we started to catch, you know, and we've been in, on notice in the vape industry since 2016, uh, that things were not good. You know, that shit might go down and that, you might want to prepare. That the government overreach was real. Yeah, that you had a legitimate reason to worry every single day. Yeah, and having 22 employees under you is never a good feeling because they're family at this point. You know, we've had people with us, like Russ, since the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to say goodbye to people like that. They, that. That's literally a little brother to me now. Yeah, you know? yeah. So 
you know, we are, we're, we're doing the vape thing and then we start to catch wind of the, the industry changing. And, you know, uh, back when we started America, American made was a huge thing. Uh, mods were all made by Americans, American companies. Well, then you have China coming into the mix and now you're able to get this mod that you paid $75 for on a wholesale level or $150 to the customer that now China is offering the same exact mod to you for $20. It decimated the mod industry. Uh, China tried to get into juice. Uh, The juice came from China. Uh, The original idea, everything is from China. But American juice thankfully always far superior (laughs) yes and even even uh we deal with countries all we have dealt with uh 26 countries all over the world and they i always ask the the vendors there is like why you guys you can make juice and he's like yeah but our flavors we don't get that we don't get the flavors that you get so we have some we have kind of like do you hear this wheezing thing (laughs) sorry (laughs) so we had we have an extensive catalog and listing of flavor options like when i got into the industry i only knew of two flavor companies and by the time we had stopped making juice on our own we co-pack now uh gosh we were ordering companies. I was fixing to say just just from what we started off with to we when we quit. Probably what 10, 15 companies. We had at least fifteen companies yeah. we were ordering from because I was starting to get confused trying to place the orders. Which yeah. one is from which? And every flavor company has you know a catalog of hundred plus flavors and anything you could possibly think of flavor wise, even savory flavors were available in the vape industry right there up until the end. Still available now to this day, but. I got I I started to notice the changes in the industry and I started to see more people drifting towards CBD and I I still I get CBD now you know obviously because I'm very I'm I'm educated on the subject but in terms of back then I thought that it was just uh placebo 100% yeah. placebo cuz when I would try it I you know being an impatient person that I was back then I wanted results now Yes. And CBD doesn't work that way. Uh, we come from the world of vapor, meaning that everything is about speed. Change is every day. And CBD does not fit Instant into that. Instant gratification. CBD did not fit into that mind frame. Uh, but I saw that it needed to enter into my th- way of thinking because if I wanted a future in this industry or you know, to not have to go back to a normal job. Well, I got to figure something out because this is not going to last for forever or gas stations are going to take over the industry. You're going to be shoved out of the vapor industry somehow. Right. So, uh, yeah, this enter CBD. Ooh, that was a fun little quick ride at least. Yeah. Do you remember our first order of CBD? This is embarrassing. The, are you talking about the little white containers? Um, it was, it was fresh leaf CBD. I remember. Oh, I do. I do. I do. It was, I can't remember his name. I don't know. Is it, is it, uh, old buddy of mine from the vape industry? He was one of the first ones to get into, 
you know, to the CBD side of things in the vape world. And I believe he was actually taking isolate and mixing it with vape juice. I can't remember how it was done. It wasn't done right. Duh. <laughs> uh, but, but I mean, not, not to his fault or anyone else's fault. It was just, that's where the industry was. It's literally, it came from this one little singular tincture like product that could also be used in vape form. And it made no sense. And I remember I was so scared because even back then, uh, CBD had not become federally legal yet. It was, I think it was like, it lives in the gray area, kind of that Delta 8 and all that does. Yeah, and we, we started ordering things and we were like, all right, you know, it's just CBD. There's yeah. no THC. We're fine. We're fine. We're fine. And I've got, you know, 10, 15, 20 boxes of 100 glass bottles a piece of just, just CBD. Thousands of dollars. Like, the, just CBD. That's all it was. And for some strange reason, one day the cops were just kind of lingering around and probably just hanging out at the restaurant <laughs> probably or you know now now that i know how they like to hang out they just they fill out their paperwork in the back of that yeah. building that they were out of sight out of mind exactly. and didn't have to worry about nobody <laughs> but we see all of them and all of a sudden we're all like uh-oh we're doing something wrong they're coming in oh my god what are we gonna do next thing i know we're all dumping i wasn't there i wasn't there that yeah, day we called you yeah i was out of like, town get rid of it all get rid of it all so next thing i know everybody is rushing to grab these boxes literally and we're, we're trying to dump them down the drain. thousands of dollars down the drain literally and they they weren't even there they never even came in they were out there filling no, out they, did, they didn't even know we were inside they didn't care <laughs> We just, here's $2,000, $4,000, $5,000. We just threw it away. And fast know? forward that same concept to nowadays where we're getting pounds and pounds and pounds. And now of, we're like, uh-uh, you're going to have to come in and him. tell us no. <laughs> you got a padlock and a warrant? I am not throwing this away. <laughs> so, yeah, it was not a bumpy. It was a super bumpy ride getting into the beginnings of what we now know as the alternative space. Yeah, because we started off with like some shatter, some little bitty shatter mm -hmm. things and a few few tinctures we didn't really have an extensive line of cbd but you know we were we were proud of it because it had our name on it like that was that was one of the first big ones i remember is we had our name on it and we still have it in store but ooh, once we realized that we could make that switch over to delta eight yeah and that definitely changed yeah delta eight was um it was a game changer for us and and there, there are, you know, gas station Delta 8s. There are all of these weird companies, uh, the fly-by-night companies that look a lot like vape companies, to be honest with you, yeah. uh, that just someone did. They just flipped over from this to that, and this is what they do now because they can get it from somewhere cheap, and they can make it, and they can put a little shiny package on it, and they can put it in thousands of gas stations all over the country. For sure, that's a thing in this industry, without a doubt. We know who they are. Um, we don't do that in our store or in our site. We, I personally, that's my job in the company now is I go and I source products, <clears throat> fill the store, fill the website, fill people with happiness is my job. So uh, I take that job very serious and, and getting into this industry back then, we got to see who was on the forefront of everything. We got to see who was making the moves. We got to see who was taking it serious, who was doing the grift, who, 
who was who in the industry. Yeah, because one of our biggest things and one of the biggest things you've ever stood for is you're not in it for the money. You've never been in it for the money. You honestly just want to help people. I've seen you stand here at my registers and give away products and, and me sitting here going, I just inventoried that, but you know, this it's okay. But that that's just who you are. If you see a, something out there that can help somebody, you're going to get it to them. I just, I'm fine with, with, uh, having, I, now granted, I want to live a comfortable life. I don't want to struggle. That's, I mean, I wouldn't that's be in, anybody. Yeah, that's, that's, I hope that for everyone. Um, but yeah, the, the money I haven't, had a decent paycheck since the pandemic began, you know, Ugh. uh, <laughs> and, you know, absorbing that amount of loss, which again, we'll go over all of this. And it's, it is the pandemic story is probably a two part story, two episodes. Um, cause it's just absolutely insane what we went through. Uh, but you know, I absorbed the company's loss yeah. personally. Uh, I put, everything I had on the line and I'm definitely and and if we're being honest if we're being honest we brought the CBD in in 2019 it was it was later 2019 I'd say probably around September oh yeah when we well, and, when we when we took the second crack at CBD right yeah. and and then boom there in March in 2020 you know all hell breaks loose and I I thought we were going to lose everything yeah we skated by the, by the skin of our teeth but I literally thought we were going under because how in the world can a small business survive something like that? But we did. But but I think that's also what kind of hurt us with the CBD is because we had this nice, shiny, brand new product, product that we could get out there to people and legitimately help people. And then, boom, we can't do anything with it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I remember that there was a lot of good that came from the pandemic, though, in, in terms of hindsight looking back and and seeing where we are now i don't believe that well, we it gave would, us more time to investigate the pros and cons of cbd and and you know look into other options as well the pandemic forced me to deal face to face with my customers with my staff with myself yep. you know what i mean like it <coughs> it made it i could not hide behind anyone anymore because we had no one right and that taught me that I was hiding you know what I mean like it actually exposed myself to me so I think it did that for a lot of people in the pandemic I'm I'm always curious to hear anyone's story about the pandemic because you know it's it was some deeply uh some deep-rooted issues that I believe society as a whole had to deal with and we're still deal still dealing with it. Oh yeah. But yeah, uh <laughs> we're getting way off but <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so uh, you know, moving forward, that's kind of uh where we landed in the, the alternatives industry and then it just blossomed from there. We started to slowly transition the store. The pandemic definitely helped with the transition because we were forced to tear down the store and basically start over because we moved the entire store to my home. Oh, <laughs> yes, that was so, so much fun. So, uh, again, pandemic episode up, upcoming, but uh yeah, when we 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 took a step back and we took a look at everything and we said, "Okay, what do we have?" and and who do we have and what resources do we have and what suppliers do we have? And let's put it all on the table. All options are available. And then I made the decision to 
offer you uh, 10% of the company and offer Buck 10% of the company. And I don't even know if you know the reasons why. But you let's talk about it. You mean it's not because it. you love me? It's absolutely <laughs> because I love you. Um, it's more about the fact that I believed that this is yours as well, that you were with me from the beginning. I can't do this without you. Not just, you know, I mean, we can each do each other's jobs, but there's a counterbalance that has to be here for this to work right. Right. And also I wanted you to be invested into what I believe is something that could change the world. I agree. Maybe just in, in our little small way, in our little small part of the country, but the people that we can affect, we can affect them in ways that you don't ever need to go away. Right. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I need you here because I know how important it is to you. So uh, I was right there from the beginning helping you build it. This is this is just as much my baby as it is yours. And then in terms of Buck, um, Buck has a level of creativity that I could never have. Oh, gosh. Uh, I see things on a surface level when it comes to creation. I'm very good at expanding on ideas. Uh, and Buck is very good at... Uh, Coming up with the yes, ideas. Yes, like... Uh, manifesting right. something into reality. He can, he has this weird uncanny ability to hear my words and to kind of see whatever I was thinking about without me even And knowing. turn it into your vision that you didn't even realize was your vision. Yeah. Like uh, example, I had a simple conversation with a customer about dog treats and I said, yeah, we would love to have our own dog treats, but you know, I mean, these guys have really good stuff. And it was honestly just, <clears throat> it was just a pitch that I was giving at that moment. But the next thing I know, Two days I am later. literally <laughs> snacking on a dog treat that is not only <laughs> safe for dogs, but is great for humans. It tasted <laughs> like life cereal. And it's funny, Buck is going to listen to this and he's going to wonder, he's going to sit here and go like that asshole. The, you, you sitting here talking about dog treats. You've never even explored the idea of the dog treats that I put on, on your plate with this other company. That's because I want Buck's dog treats. Yeah. We just, we're in a growth process right now to try to find our footing on a manufacturing level, working with a company that are partners in Alabama. It's a weird time for the company and we have so many ideas that we want to take somewhere. It's just having the means and the space to be able to do it. Right. But everything's slow and steady. I think the biggest thing that we've learned over the last decade is that we need to quit jumping headfirst into things and we need to step back. Give it some time to fester, and, and if it's still a direction that we want to go, then then we start worrying about moving forward with it because we just we can't keep doing the two steps forward, one step back thing. Mm -hmm. So we we've learned to okay, sounds good in theory. Let's sit back, think about all the pros and the cons to it, and then if the pros outweigh the cons enough, then we move forward. Yeah. Well, you know, there's something else that I learned that's a very simple ownership fact that a lot of, I know I didn't, I never paid attention to it. Um, but it was, it's one of those things where you logically, it, why wouldn't it be one of the main things? And that's just simply, uh, how can you expect someone to buy something that they don't know about? Yeah. How can you expect someone to invest into you 
when A, they don't know who you are, and B, they have no reason to invest in you because you've added nothing to their life. I think it's hypocritical for a business owner to start a business and to assume that people will love them. No, you got to make a name not, for not hypocritical. I, I think it's it's the uh, wrong word. I, I think it's naive mm-hmm. of a person to believe that they're a failure when others don't even know who they are. Right. You know what I mean? Like businesses will give up because they say, "I tried and it just didn't work out." Good life would never be a thing if I didn't say, "Well, let's keep trying," because. For eight months of the beginning. You also learned to put yourself out there, though. You stepped out of a comfort zone, out of a little safety box that you had made yourself, and you put yourself in front of people. You didn't care the cost. You were going to be seen. You were going to put your your juice in the hands of people like Phil Basardo. You were going to be seen, and that's what it takes. You can't just open the doors on a business and go, okay, people, come in. Mm -hmm. They don't know you're there. We didn't get an online order for the first eight months of uh, the company. Yeah. And talk about we're in the stage now where we we went from having, what, 100, 120 to 150 orders a day. Down to nothing. Yeah. Um, Down to where we're slowly building ourselves back up to hopefully 10 orders a day. You know, it's it's not that we're in dire straits. Albeit it's a completely different product now. (laughs) Right. With a completely different right. uh, a group of people. We're, we're back in square one of the business of education, you know, of sitting behind the counter and talking to every single customer that walks through the door and educating them on our entire store. Right. And it's more than just back in the vape days of being like, this is the mod, this is the juice, this is how you vape. Now it's, this is the bud that has this strain, that has this terpene, that comes in this potency that you can either do it this way or you can put it in a pre-roll or you can eat it or you can put it in a tincture. Oh, do you know about RSO? Oh, let me come over here and tell you about these concentrates. We also have a wellness section, and if you smoke, then we can come over here to vapor. So it's like having a new employee to come on and learn all that stuff is overwhelming enough. And they're in here for eight hours. I think the way I approach it makes it a little bit easier though. And I think it breaks down barriers for people because obviously we've got customers that we all know now, but Mm -hmm. somebody new walks in and they're just kind of eyeballing everything. I'm like, all right, do you want to get high? And they're like, uh, you tell me if we're wanting to suppress an appetite. You tell me if we're wanting to sleep better at night. You tell me if we are trying to do pain management or tell me if you're just having to, you just want to have fun. Mm-hmm. And that pretty much just breaks all the barriers down and they answer and we go into, okay, this one's good for this and this one's good for this. And I explain the differences and it just, once you look at somebody and go, do you just want to get high? Is that why you're looking at me funny? Like, And they're like, well, kind of, yeah. I'm like, I got you. We're good. Yeah, it's perfectly okay. Yeah, no judgment here. We all yeah. do it. It's weird. Uh, you know, you'll you'll get to know us more that, that we go along, but you'll kind of understand that we have a very casual way of talking about pot marijuana because we have had to set, I don't know, probably 50,000 people at ease to be able to talk to us about it. Yeah. we You come into our store, tell us. 
exactly how you love it. Tell us how you're used to it. Tell us everything. Yeah. And, and then we will open up the entire legal world of hemp to you. And it's a beautiful world. Oh, yes. So thank you very much for uh, doing this with me. I can't wait to have more conversations with you. This was fun. It was. It was a whole lot of fun. I like this. We're going to do this on a weekly basis. Uh, we don't have a schedule yet for it. Let's see. It's Wednesday. So let's assume next Wednesday you'll have another episode. Works for me. Cool. So what you can do is you can check us out at getgoodlife.com. Like I said, we sell a lot of legal products that you can't normally find in legal states. Well, you would have to go to a Colorado or California to get these products. There's no regulations. You can say what you want. Yes. there. Uh, you can now buy uh, legal hemp. It is derived from hemp, but it is the same thing as marijuana. It has looks THC the same. It, it smells the same. It has THC in it. And there are many varieties of it. And gets you just as high. We have things that are just as good, if not better, than the best stuff you can get in Colorado and California. Oh, yeah. So definitely check us out online. Go to getgoodlife.com. You don't need a card. You don't need a prescription. All you need to do is verify your age. Make sure that you use the code GOODLIFE20, and that will get you 20% off of your entire purchase. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next. We'll we will see you soon. <laughs> Next time.